Hi, Spoons. So I was on Nosedive, the podcast, um, talking about the Spoons with my new friend, Ryan. Hello. We put you on speaker view. Hi. Hello, Spoons. This is me doing some Spoons. And now you go. Like, you can't hear it, but it you, it is spooning. He's doing it. I'm proud. I'm proud. Hello, I'm Ryan Leola, sports nerd, theater geek, Snapple cap collector, wannabe political junkie. And welcome to the podcast where I take a plunge into the obsessions that captivate each one of us. You know the sword, the fascination that riveted you from the moment you first learned about them, the one that continues to knack at your brain until you can know every single shred of information there is to learn about it. To each one our own, the spectrums of our obsessions are incredibly diverse in their field. It's so manic that it's almost impossible to explain how or why we drown ourselves in it. Join me as I go off the deep end into the obsessions that continue to allure us, to pursue our love and our appreciation for the trivial things in life, that we have the most innate voices to be heard, the most compelling stories to tell. This is Nosedive. I want you to think about your morning routine. What is the first thing you do when you wake up? Go to the bathroom for a quick pee? Lay in bed for another 10 minutes going through your phone? That's usually what my morning routine looks like. But I want to talk about one item that we usually use within the first 30 minutes or hour of waking up. It's something that's in every household. Something so inconspicuous and so ordinary, it kind of goes over your head. The thing that you use to put sugar in your tea, to help you stir your coffee, the thing you use to eat cereal with. I'm talking about the spoon. I look at the spoons in my utensil holder and I see these sticks of metal that have been used for forever. Items that my family hasn't had the need to replace or buy in years. They're bent, they're dented, they're worn. But most importantly, they're still perfectly functional. But exactly what function do they serve? For you, it's solely been a vessel to help get food into your mouth, along with other various menial culinary tasks. But aside from that, nothing else. I was on that same boat too. Until about a couple months ago. I was on Instagram, the explore page to be more specific. I was going through memes and funny videos when I came across this. So today's Spoons guest is Freddy, my puppy. Hi, good boy. You ready to spoon? Yeah? Okay. Do you want to? No, don't lick that. It's this girl, and she's with her puppy, and she's somehow playing two spoons, but like musically. And I'm going through this account. It's called Spoons with Annie. It has like 2,000 followers. And I'm going through it, and it's just more and more videos of this girl playing the spoons because apparently the spoons are a musical instrument. It's really weird, but I just can't stop watching it. Like, I'm totally enamored with it. Something about it just makes me feel good inside. I don't know why, but it just does. 
And I've been following this account for a couple months now. And I decided I just need to talk to this girl because she just seems so fun. Her name's Annie Coulson. And I DM her. I'm asking her if she wants to be on this podcast, not really expecting much of it. But then she replies. And she's totally down to do it. So a couple of days later, I got her on a Zoom call. That day, I had showed up to the lobby a little early, so I just waited. Then I took a second to check my sound levels when I realized that there was something wrong with my microphone. I look at it to try and fix it when I get startled by this really enthusiastic, Hi! on the other end. It's Annie. And when I first see her, she's glowing. Like, literally. The way that her camera's facing. Her window is right behind her with the light glaring through the curtains. It's blinding me for a second. But when the picture settles, I finally get to see her. She's looking at me with this adorable cheek-to-cheek grin. Just staring at her just makes me want to smile. And she has this beautiful, gorgeous auburn hair. It's the first thing you notice. If you pass her walking down the street, you can't miss her. She's absolutely one of the sweetest people I have ever met. Immediately, she's asking me how I'm doing, where I'm from, and I answer back that I'm doing good and that I'm from Los Angeles. And through our small talk and getting to know each other, I get to dig deeper into her background and her story. She's like me. She's a theater kid. She's been doing it since she was seven. There's a running joke in her family that the reason she got into musical theater was because her grandfather actually printed out a 25-page PDF of the Wikipedia page of Les Miserables. And he gave it to Annie, and he was like, this is required reading. And after reading that, she just continued on reading about more musicals and continued doing more shows throughout her childhood. And that's where it all kind of started for her. And for her, she also attributes it to where she grew up. She lives in the suburbs of Maryland, about 40 minutes east of D.C. At least she thinks. She's not exactly 100% sure at that moment. But the D.C. metropolitan area is such a huge theater place. There are just countless amounts of regional and community theaters, as well as dance halls. And she just kept on taking classes and doing shows, and it just became her thing. I think the best way to sum up her personality as a theater kid is during a time during our interview when my internet had gotten a little spotty and my picture was frozen on her end. I feel like I remember seeing like a meme about this where like, You are frozen. You are frozen. There you go. What about now? Oh, yes. Good. Okay. All good. She's that kind of theater kid, and I love her for it. She's an upcoming sophomore at NYU Tisch School of the Arts. It's one of the country's most prestigious performing arts schools. For her to even get there, it took a lot. It was a process of about four months auditioning for 21 schools, traveling to New York and Chicago. But for her, NYU has always been her top. It was her dream. And at the home stretch, she was choosing between two schools, NYU and one in upstate New York, and she visited both back-to-back. And once she came home, she had her eyes set on it. And it all came to fruition on one eventful day at rehearsal. I was at rehearsal for my high school production of Hello, Dolly. And I remember me and my, my mom made me promise not to open it at school. And I had done really good. It was like a really long rehearsal. And the rumor was that it was going to come out at six. And so then I I didn't check my phone or my email or anything. But then at the very end of rehearsal, I checked my phone. And I had texts from my two best friends. And they were like, I didn't get in. 
And I was like, oh, it's out. I was like, oh, oh, it's out. And I, and then my mom was like backstage because my mom and my grandma, fun fact, my grandma like runs the costume department at my high school. And my mom's like super, my mom and my parents are like super involved in theater. Um, but so my mom was like, I have a very clear memory of my mom being on the stage and my back to her and her being like, Anne, don't you dare, don't you dare. And me being like, ah, ah, and opening it. And I like went in the corner with one of my really good friends, Farine. And then I opened it. And I I saw congratulations and I slammed on my computer and I stood up and I went, I got in! And everyone started screaming. Everyone was like, ah, ah, and I just started crying. And there's there's the video of me somewhere and me like just like <laughs> and my because my friend Farin is filming it and she's like, Oh yeah, Eddie just got into NYU. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. It was madness. And I soon asked her when Spoons kind of came into her life. I had just assumed that she had picked it up during her time at NYU, but I was wrong. I was close, though. It was right before her first semester as a college freshman, during the summer before at a theater program that she went to. I go to this, I don't want to call it a camp. Like, it's like, it's not a camp. It's this intensive called the Performing Arts Project. It is one of my favorite places in the entire world. It's based uh, out of Wake Forest University, but it no affiliation whatsoever. So it's basically like this massive place to create and just like expand your artistry and like you create work, you write songs, do it's just this musical theater bubble of just freedom and creation, and it is glorious. So at the very end of TPAP, Corporate Arts Park TPAP, we do these things where the parents all come. It's, it's not really like a show. It's like, why did I spend my money here? I'll tell you. <laughs> so TPAP was like super big on songwriting. And basically the whole company, that's what they call us company. It's like 80 of us. It gets split into like eight different groups. And each one is given a song that a student has written. And then that student who writes it is like in your group of their song. And then they, you basically get to perform it any way they want it to be. And I was in a song called with my good friend, Lila Perman. She wrote the song and I was in this group and she was like, I kind of want it like bluegrass kind of, I, she was like, she can play the violin. So she was like, I really want to play the violin and hit, um, Maybe like we'll have the piano in it. Oh, like I have these spoons in my um in my violin case. Does anyone want to play them? I don't really I don't really do that. I just sometimes and I went me. I don't know why. I just went. I want to play the spoons. She later remembered why she wanted to play the spoons for that performance. She was obsessed with newsies growing up. I mean, me too. I think it's kind of a rite of passage for all adolescent theater kids to have their own newsies phase. I'm pretty sure mine was like this two-month period in the summer of 2017. But her Newsies phase growing up lasted admittedly a really long time. For her, that show got her through middle school and her first years of high school, and she admits she was a little crazy. She and her sisters started this online following of the touring production, to the point where they became known as the Colson Girls. Every time the production came to D.C. or Baltimore, 
they always went to see them. And they brought gifts for them. And it got to the point where they kind of started to become friends with the cast. One point, they took out one of the cast members for dinner at Panera Bread. It kind of sounds creepy, but it wasn't, because the tour knew who they were. The first song out of intermission is called The King of New York. It's this big show-stopping number, featuring virtually the entire cast. It has this insane tap dance break, as well as its own very minor minor break within the song, where some of the cast members start playing the spoons. So when Lila was like, hey, I have the spoons and I want someone to play the spoons, Annie had this newsy's epiphany inside her head, and she was like, I want those spoons. Long story short, that is where the spoons, because that whole number in King of New York, they have that whole spoons break. And so I went, I want to play the spoon. Back to T-Bow. And then, it, and then it became a bit, because after we had like rehearsal, I, I like played the spoons and she, Lila, she like taught me a few things that she knew, like the, my iconic, like I always go like, but her, I took her spoons and she was like, okay, like you can go practice. Like uh, if you want, like we just had like an hour to do nothing. And I started going around campus and like putting my phone down and videotaping me playing the spoons in about like 30 different spots on campus. <laughs> I don't even know why. It just like became a thing that everyone was like, Annie, what are you doing? This was all in the course of like 12 hours. I was, everyone was like, Annie, what are you doing? I was like, I'm playing the spoons. Like, and then we did the performance. And then I had to give the spoons back. But then I was obsessed with them and I ordered a pair on Amazon. And they came to me like the day that I got home from TPAP. And that's how that started. And before we went any further, I kind of wanted a little explanation. I mean, I am not musically inclined at all. I don't play an instrument. I used to have this elective for 7th and 8th grade called Afro-Caribbean Percussion, where I would play the conga. Poorly, I might add. But besides that, no musical experience at all. So... So I asked her what exactly spoons the musical instrument are. Well, the spoons, if you take two spoons, like uh, mine is like, I mine is kind of fake because I have the handle. But mm. if you take two spoons and you put your fingers in between them so that back to back and there's a little space and you push down on them, it makes a sound. It's just a very like, but it's like a thing in like country music and bluegrass people just like play the spoons because but the spoons they can make a bunch of different noises but the, at the end of the day they're just two spoons back to back and for those of you who haven't been blessed in listening to the spoons i asked annie to give me a little impromptu performance this is what the spoons sound like totally okay There we go. It's my rings. There we go. Beautiful. It's very high pitched. It's like, and sometimes if it gets too loud, it's like, it's like, ooh, but I love it. It's fun. And once she came back from Wake Forest, returning from that theater intensive, she became really obsessed with playing the spoons and soon got a knack for playing them. And it seemed as if the spoons had followed her throughout her daily life soon after. I started bringing mine places. I started bringing them places because I was working over the summer at Broadway Workshop. And it 
And I like annoyed my boss, Mark, because I was like, you guys want to hear me play the spoons? You guys want to hear me play the spoons? And everyone was like, no. And I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and like, and then I started making videos to put on my Instagram story. I had not had my, I did not have my account yet. I was just putting them on my Instagram story. Just on, just in, on, on Annie Colson. Yeah. On like, yeah. So I was just, I was just kind of like goofing around, like look at me in my spoons. And then I realized it was a thing when I would just always, they like had a, a pocket in my purse, <laughs> like that I could carry around. Like I was like, Oh, that's my spoons. Oh, um, I'm about to leave. Um, what do I get? Oh, my spoons. And I would just bring them to everything. Yeah. They have this special place on my bookshelf They're very, and I keep them in my backpack when I'm at school. Cause you never know when you're going to meet somebody or yeah, it's just, it's just a fun way to make people laugh. So she was bored one day when she decided to post one of those weird spoon videos on her Instagram story. And soon after talking with her friends and family, she just decided to make her own Instagram account dedicated to the spoons. Okay, so where did it get to a point where you're like, I have to, I have to, I have to make my own account for the spoons? Well, because I remember I was at dinner with my aunt. Yes, yes. I was at dinner with my aunt and uncle and I was at dinner with them just like randomly and they like follow me on Instagram and they're like, Annie, what the hell is this spoon thing? And I was like, I don't really know. I just like play the spoons. And they were like, you should like brand yourself. And I went, what? Should I make an Instagram? And they were like, okay. And I went, okay. And I like compiled a bunch of all my spoon videos that I had like had because I wanted some place to have them all other than like in a folder on my phone called spoons. <laughs> and I just made it. I just, it was very spur of the moment. It really wasn't that, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I kind of like, I remember texted my mom and I was like, should I make an Instagram account for the spoons? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay. I just like posted one and it got so many followers. So how was the response with your followers? like? Well, everyone was really confused at first. <laughs> everyone was like, what is this? Like, they would just, and people would be like, I don't know what this is, but I love it. <laughs> it was just very confusing. Everyone was like, Annie, you went to T-Pop and you came back a completely different person with the spoon. <laughs> Pop changed my life. I mean, it did, but not in terms of the spoons. <laughs> Everyone was just very like, "What?" Even my, even like my family was like, "I don't know what the hell you're doing, but keep on doing it. Keep on being that liberal chick, like in New York." <laughs> but and then when I made the account, I immediately got a bunch of texts from my friends, like, "Oh my god, thank God you made this account!" Like. <laughs> I remember my friend Rin. She was like, "Why does Spoons with Annie have more followers than me?" <laughs> I was like, "Rin, I don't know." So it was just everyone was like, "Yes," and it's just. I mean, people seem to like it. I do. <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely adorable. I was. I just came across this, and I'm like, "Who is this lady holding two I spoons?" Just like spoons and like people like it. <laughs> And I'm one of those people who really like it, so much so that I wanted to learn how to play the spoons myself. So I have something. Um, 
<gasps> so I have, uh, I have two teaspoons. I have um, two tablespoons. And I have two um, serving spoons. If you don't mind, may I get a private lesson? Oh my God, yes. Wait, for which one? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I brought all the spoons because I didn't know which one would be. That's amazing. And I just realized that the two serving spoons are not identical, but fuck it. I'm still using them. Okay. Let's use, let's use like the middle size. The middle size. So that's the, so that's the tablespoon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So you're going to put them back to back. Okay. This went on for a couple minutes. She was teaching me the technique of holding the spoons together and how to play them. And not going to lie, it wasn't turning out very well. Oh my god. Um Oh, this is going so like, terribly. On you. Like on the, me? like well like anywhere. Like Oh. <laughs> I soon realized that I was just being an idiot. And the reason I wasn't doing it so well was due to the fact that I was trying to play the spoons with my left hand, even though I'm right handed. So I switched hands. And after a couple of tries, I started to really get it. Oh, okay. Yes! 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 You could just, like, make rhythms with them. Like... Oh, my God. I think I got... That's close. You're getting it. You're getting it. I did, like, two successful clacks of the spoons, and then I tried doing it on my thigh. And it started to make the sound I was hoping for, like But in my excitement, I had veered away from my microphone, so I basically wasn't audible. But I swear I did it. And after seeing me do this, Annie pulled out her phone and started filming. Hi, Spoons. So, I was on Nosedive, the podcast, um, talking about the Spoons with my new friend, Ryan. Hello. Let me put you on speaker view. Hi! Hello, spoons. This is me doing some spoons. And now you go. Like, you can't hear it, but it you, it is spooning. He's doing it. I'm proud. I'm proud. Once again, I was playing the spoons away from my microphone, but I fucking did it. It literally made me so happy. And in the day since, it's all I've been doing. It's like... It's something that I've been doing without noticing that I'm doing it. I feel like this fall, I'm going to be like this missionary where I'm going to move back up to Northern California and try to teach everybody how to play the spoons. Soon after our little lesson and our moment together, I transitioned back to her account because she's had so many different people on her spoons account. I wondered what her most memorable moment playing the spoons was. But my favorite spooning memory my all-time favorite spooning money happened super early on is when I went to go see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And I went backstage um, and I hung out with James Snyder afterwards, plays Harry Potter. Um, I'm a huge Harry Potter. I'm a Hufflepuff. Huge Harry Potter person. I'm currently painting all of like the house symbols on my door. But I went backstage and James Snyder, so nice. One of the nicest people. Like, so nice. He took us to his dressing room because he wanted us to try on the glasses. But I, but then he couldn't find them. 
but he had a guitar on his wall. And I was like, what? Why? And he was like, yeah, because I was with a couple of other people. And I remember like Teal Wicks was there and Ariel Jacobs. Ariel Jacobs was like, what? What is that? Why do you have a guitar back here? And he goes, you know, I just like to jam out with Ron because he shares a dressing room with the guy who plays Ron. He goes, I just like to jam out. And then like someone was like, play us something. And then he he was like, like, I don't know how to fake play guitar. And it was like, and everyone was like, ooh. And I went, I play the spoons. You want to do it? And I had the spoons in my purse. I was like, I have them right here. I, like, I have them right here. And then we ended up doing it. And he was kind of confused. Like there's a there's a moment when none of there's a moment in the video where neither of us really knows what we're doing. And we're kind of like, okay, play in the spoons. And then he starts like then he like tries something. He's like, I'm a wizard and I'm spooning. And then he like laughs. And then it's like, and then like everyone's laughing. And then I just start going like, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> just really spitballing. And then we like end with like, a, and I'm just like, like, I'm like, okay, that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that he is knows- my did he know that, that did he know of your reputation as um it, in in the spooning community? No, because it was so recent. It happened in like August and I had just gotten back from that was like the thing. That was one of the first things that I was like, "Oh, other people are now aware of this." <laughs> now that I officially did this. And I remember I posted it on Twitter and it got a lot of love from the Twitter peeps. Everyone was like, "This is amazing. Like this is iconic i was like the spoons man she's had the opportunity to play the spoons in a wider range of places including the stage of the gershwin theater where wicked has been housed for the past 17 years the normalcy of the nyu dining hall where she's been yelled at numerous times by various employees the steps outside of the met all over the tisch building and currently in quarantine she's been doing it on her front porch and in her room as well as constantly spooning in kava I'd heard of Kava before, but I wasn't too familiar with it. So I asked her what it was, and she basically called it Mediterranean Chipotle, which basically summed it all up for me. She's a brand ambassador for Kava because she goes there so much. It was always this tradition for her to go to Kava after therapy back home in Maryland. And once she got to New York, she just continued that tradition, constantly going to Kava about two or three times a week. To the point where the employees started to know her and she started making friends through Kava because in her mind, she's socially awkward. Where she was at orientation and not knowing how to make friends, she nudged a couple of people and she was like, hey, want to go to Kava? And when talking about this last point where she just feels so socially awkward, it kind of just made me think about myself and my personality and how I kind of feel like Jekyll and Hyde. Even as a drama kid, I felt just so at home inside of the theater. Whenever I'm on stage performing in front of hundreds of people or backstage working tech and talking with my fellow stagehands, whenever I was in character or whenever I was in that tech mode, I was just so okay with it. But when it came to public speaking or talking to someone else one-on-one as myself, it just felt so, so weird to me to just be myself. It's an anxiety that I thought for a while was just exclusive to me. But over the years, I began to encounter other people who felt the same way that I did. 
So I asked Annie if she's ever felt like that before. I mean, I've always been a super dramatic bitch. That's <laughs> like super dramatic, like over the top enthusiastic, as especially as a as a little child. But as I got older, um, I got in like high school and middle school, they can do a number on a person. Like they they did a number on me, middle school and high school. So I like ended up becoming super anxious and just whenever I would talk to people and just like I never wanted to talk to people. I was I, w- I wouldn't call myself shy because I'm the least shy person. Like I'm like, hello. But I just it was it was hard. Like middle middle I keep saying middle school and high school did a number on me, but it was really hard for me and I lost so much confidence in myself and like but theater was like it was my thing. I was kind of known in my high school even. I was the kid who was good at theater. I was the kid who like all my teachers were like, You're gonna be on Broadway and I'm like, check it later. Um but I didn't yeah, I wasn't really I tried not to engage with people. <laughs> Did you feel like you kind of had to transcend, like, did you kind of feel like you had to transcend that reputation that you had in your high school? Because I'm pretty sure that everyone knew you as so amazing at theater and so incredibly talented. So did you, did you have to feel like you kind of like had to live up with it? Did you have to feel like you had to prove yourself that it was this kind of way that people perceived you as? Sometimes. Definitely sometimes I would, whenever I would get, because I was Dolly Levi in Hello Dolly my senior year. That was like my kind of moment. And that was when I was like, okay, this is the moment I've been waiting for. I have to prove myself. It was like my first, like the lead was like, I have to prove myself. I have to do all this. And, you know, I was kind of, I'm all, I was very expected to be that super singy, um like enthusiastic person and like it was hard because that was what I would that was what I would put up front that was like the first thing like that people got to know me as I was like hi I do theater and like sometimes that was good but sometimes it was bad because not bad but it was it's different because I didn't always want to be like happy smiley. Hi. Hi. My name is Annie. I've red hair. I was not named after the musical. Like, um, that was what I had always presented. And that's what I was, that's like theater kids or, hi. So it was, it was hard to live up to people's expectations, I guess, of I'm a theater kid. Um, but also trying to like be me because I did not I didn't really care what I didn't really care what anybody thought of me and I mean it like worked out I you said there was that there was this kind of this difficulty that even though you're a theater kid you had a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. um being you in high school did you feel like you accomplished doing that being you throughout those four years yeah I'm sometimes I would try to hide but I think as I grew up and I knew 
pretty much as I went through my college auditions, I kind of was like, okay, like I'm getting out of this town. Like very, very small town, very small town. How many people are in it? I don't know, but it's like my, um, like my middle school is down the street. My elementary school is like seven minutes away. My high school is like, you go out of the neighborhood, you turn right, it's there. And like, everybody knows everybody. A small in the sense that everyone knew, everyone in the town knows everything about everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) but yeah, I think I, I think I, I, I am so myself, like, and I, as I embrace, as I got older, I like really embraced that. And I, I really like couldn't give two shits about what, if people, I mean, I I cared what people thought, but like, I didn't, you know, in in, like your freshman year, like, Ooh, I have to dress like all the girls. I have to put my hair up. Like I used to get super like self-conscious about my hair because it like wasn't, it wasn't brown, it wasn't blonde. It was red. And nobody had red hair. And I was like, I'm alone. There was, a, I like had a bit for a while. I was like, yeah, all the gingers in this school have a group chat. <laughs> we like did it, but I would tell people that. And we're like, you know, is there other gingers in the school? I'd be like, yeah, we have a group chat. We have a group chat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like so... I pro- I think I pride myself on being unapologetically myself. And I guess that kind of goes in with the spoons. Because, like, what the hell is spoons? I don't know. It's me. And even though it was her absolute dream to be able to go to NYU, and she actually doesn't take anything back from it, she does concede that it was a bit of a rough start for her, just settling into this new environment. She had spent her entire life in suburban Maryland. And she gave me the picture of white picket fences to help me get a better idea. And of her graduating class, she was the only person to go to NYU, as most of the people from her high school normally went to the University of Maryland, James Madison, Penn State, or the University of South Carolina. Getting to New York City in August of 2019, it was like Annie against the world. So so you go up to a completely different city, completely urban environment all alone no one else to really lean on and really be friends with so how is making friends there at nyu i know that it was a lot easier with you with the spoons but (laughs) it was it's hard it's super isolating in the in the very beginning it was very isolating because i just wanted to curl up in my dorm I was like, I just want to be in my New York City apartment. It was a dorm, no AC. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't really want, because it is such a huge school. So I was like, I don't even know where to begin meeting people. For the first like week, it was really scary. Because I was like, I don't know any. I had, I have two aunts who live in the city. They live uptown. So I like have them. But I... It was rough, like, first two weeks. But then once I started getting into studio and we, I started meeting people who I was going to be spending every day with, once I, like, really um, started to have class with them, because that's who I have the majority of my classes with, they were my people. Like, those, like I would trust those 16 with my firstborn. Like, 
that's, and that's where I met my best friends, me and Dylan, like, and my best friend, Joey. And like, I, and like, once you know, you know, like if you found your people, <laughs> cause I, I didn't really have that many friends growing up, but like, and I really just wanted to go to NYU and like meet people. I just wanted to like have my best friends. Um, cause I didn't really have that here. And so I remember like when I, <laughs> my best friend Mia, we say we're, there's like, there's like how like fairies are born from like a baby's first laugh. I don't know. My little sister watches the Tinkerbell movies. Like me and Mia were like born um, of this baby's same laugh. Like we were sisters born from the first laugh. Like, And I don't remember like meeting them. That's how I remember meeting my best friend Mia because we went to lunch together. But I don't remember like meeting my friend Dylan. I don't remember meeting my friend Joey. They, I had felt like I had known them my entire life. I love them. I've missed them so much. And in quarantine, the spoons have kind of been put on the back burner with everything that's been going on. But she's been using her spoons account in order to spread awareness to causes that she's incredibly passionate about. Spreading spreading awareness is so important. And like, yes, all over my social media is I'm just spreading information about Black Lives Matter. So many, like, because that's, that's so important right now. And my spoons it's they've kind of like stepped back for a little bit but and I like post the lot the two recent things I posted I posted one a couple days ago that was for pride Mm because I was like okay if I because I was like I haven't posted in like a month and I like this I like doing the spoons so I was like okay I'm gonna do something for pride gotta spread that awareness and then this one before that I wrote this whole thing for Black Lives Matter and I was like in my video I was like Black Lives Matter um and then I like did and I like I spooned to songs that are like relevant like I said I did the spoons to falsettos for pride and I did songs for a new world which is chef's kiss um so I like try to keep the spoons relevant um, not like relevant like to people just like I try to keep them hip <laughs> to everything that's going on because it's so important so it's and it's like I don't I don't want to just be like hey I'm doing the spoons today that's not it's not it's not serving anything so it's like if I can use the spoons to spread that awareness and to make people smile, like, then I've done an okay job for the day. Because, like, spoons, they're funny. Like, I'm a funny person. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fun bitch. Like, One of the other things I noticed about her is that she's wearing six rings. And when I ask her about them, she tells me that they're all symbolic in their meanings. One quote from Frozen, the date of her high school graduation... Another that says Minds and Souls from Little Women, and You Are the Sun from Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. She lives by these quotes, wearing them on her hands wherever she goes. And then she gives me one quote that I've never heard of before. It's a quote that she has attached to the outside of her computer with a sticky note, reading it every time she opens her laptop. 
This is my favorite. And I think, go with me on this one. This connects to the spoons. The reason why I do theater, it's if you, we were in medical school and you were here as a med student practicing appendectomies, you take your work very seriously because you would imagine that some night at 2 a.m., someone is going to waltz into your emergency room and you're going to have to save their life. Well, someday at 8 p.m., someone is going to walk into your theater and bring a mind that is confused, a heart that is overwhelmed, and a soul that is weary. Whether they go out whole again will depend partly on how well you do your craft. That is my favorite quote in the entire world. Because I, I love Grey's Anatomy also. So I so it's like, I just want to make people happy. That's like, if I've made somebody happy for the day, like, okay, check. Spoons make people happy. They make me happy. So like, why... Why not spread the happy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just make me happy. It's just like fun and silly in a world that is so crazy. I had never heard of this quote before, but just listening to it, it just stuck with me. It's the way that I've always felt about theater within me. But before talking to Annie, I'd never been able to fully put it into words until I heard that quote. I did more digging from that quote. It's an excerpt from a speech. It's from 2004, when the director of the music division of Boston Conservatory, Carl Polnack, addressed the parents of incoming freshmen. Reading the full speech, he goes on to address how, being an artist, it's your job to bring a future wave of peace, wellness, and harmony across the world. It's a sentiment that Annie has been subscribing to. I'm not sure that she's come across those words two paragraphs down from the quote that she has taped to her laptop, but she's doing her job in maintaining that message. It's been a crazy time these past five or six months. To quote Annie, she thought this year was going to be the Roaring Twenties, just party, 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 party. But no, it's not. It's the Great Depression. But even with the Great Depression, she just wants to be able to find that fun moment of joy within a time that it's plagued with an incredible amount of uncertainty. She kept on saying that it's her goal to just make people happy. And if that's her lifelong mission, then, at least with me, mission accomplished, Annie. I've had a lot of feelings over the past couple of months with everything that's going on in the world. Some sadness over the fact that I'm back home and I'm missing all of the friends that I've made in college since everything was so sudden, and I feel as if I didn't get a chance to probably say goodbye to all of them. I was so ready to come into this interview and to just talk and talk and talk with Annie, but I didn't expect the amount of happiness that I would have while talking to her. Just interacting with her just put a smile on my face, just made me want to hug her. And in all the joy and obsession with playing the spoons, she's really anchored down principles and staying true to herself. Under Paul Neck's hypothetical, what would she do if someone went up to her and brought her a mind that is confused? a heart that is overwhelmed, a soul that is weary. She's probably going to play the spoons for them. In doing so, she's probably going to drive that confused mind further into bewilderment, with them thinking, what the hell is this girl doing? But with using two ordinary objects, items that had only become a hobby of hers, items that had helped her find and make friends for a lifetime, items that she's used to spread awareness on Issues that are bigger than spoons, bigger than herself, bigger than theater. 
she is going to calm a multitude of overwhelmed hearts and uplift the souls that are weary. And if all the tools that she has in her arsenal are only two spoons, then she's just going to keep on playing them. She is just going to make people happy. It's just what she does. And she's going to keep on doing that. Forever and ever and ever. I want to extend the sincerest of thanks to Annie Colson for sitting down with me to talk about her obsession with playing the spoons. You can follow her on Instagram at Annie underscore Colson. You can find that in our show notes. And go follow her Instagram account dedicated to the spoons at Spoons with Annie. That's in our show notes. For more updates on this podcast, you can follow this podcast on Instagram at Nosedive Podcast. That is in our show notes as well. This episode was written and edited by me, Ryan Loyola. Cover art for the show was designed by Jamie Mazer and me, Ryan Loyola. And our theme music is Groove It Now by J-Man from Our Music Box. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully, we'll tune in next time, whenever it may be. So long.